Amen. Spirit of the living God, come and have your way. That's what I want for us. Spirit of not a dead and gone God. Spirit of the living God. Come and have your way. When he speaks, when he moves, change happens, does it not? Change happens in us. Um, and I want to change. I want, I want the Lord. I want to change into what, who God has for me to be. Uh, where he wants me to go and what he wants me to do. And for the same thing for you as well. To, to change. I know you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm pretty good. <laughs> and I think that sometimes too. But Spirit of the living God, come and have your way in this service this morning. Week number four of our 10 for Life, uh, we've been going and uh, learning the Bible together, learning our scriptures as a church. I love it. Um, if there's 10 verses that we can look over the, 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 all the Bible, what are 10 verses that can keep us on the straight and narrow if we were to... Uh, uh, memorize those verses as a church, what would those verses be? And we've already um, memorized. How many of you got all four memorized? Raise your hand. That's right. I'm going to put everybody on the spot here. Come on. That is not enough hands going up. I'm just going to go ahead and be honest with you. That is not enough hands. And so I'm going to have to, uh, I'll, I'll sit there at the door and you have to say your verse to walk in. Maybe we'll do that next week. Um, no, we got some good verses. Uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We've got to seek God first. Amen, church? We've got to seek God first. Uh, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, that connection with God. We have to stay connected to our source. Typically, we call that prayer, but we have to stay connected uh, to our God. Um, then when we have faith in Jesus Christ, it's that Christ that lives inside of us. Christ lives inside of us, and even though we live in this flesh, we walk by faith in the Son of God. Um, it's not uh, the good things that we do, although that's what he, he wants us to do, good things. But we live by faith in Jesus Christ. And once we live by faith in Jesus Christ, then that allows us to do good works and to say no to sin that keeps us away in our relationship uh, from, from God. Um, and so just know that Christ lives inside of you. And so we're looking at this week, Joshua chapter 1. Verse 9 is the verse we're looking at, so we're going back to the Old Testament for a verse. And this is one of my favorite verses. So one of my favorite verses did make the top ten, okay? Um, this is one of my favorite verses uh, of all time. Um, and so we're going to say it here today. Do you have this verse memorized? Anybody? Raise your hand. Do you have it? Okay. Let's take it off the screen, Miss Dina, because we have to say it together. <laughs> I see if they're trying to help people. We're not helping people here today, okay? All right, can we say it together? Here we go. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 dot dot 9. All right, very good. All right, now you can put it up on the screen. Joshua 1 dot dot 9. That's, uh, that's our verse here today. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Joshua chapter 1. That's where we're going to be. We're going to be looking at this verse, looking at this story. 
Uh, today is a little bit of a, of a halftime speech feel, okay? The tone of it uh, a little bit. Have you, uh, those of you who played sports or maybe you, you watched a movie online or, or, or watched a movie or, or, or a TV show or whatever, uh, you know, your team's losing, you're down by 20, um, and so you get in there and the coach or, or the star of the movie, or the, you know, the, the, the team, the, the guy on the team, you know, says this rousing speech you know, and brings you together and then you go out there and, and somehow the other team doesn't play as well and you come back and you hit the last shot. How many of you have been there before? You've done that before? You, you, you've, you've at least seen the movie, right? You've, you've, you've watched that movie, Hoosiers or whatever it is. Um, just... The, you have that halftime speech, okay? So that, that's a little bit of the tone here today. Um, now, those halftime speeches are like 30 seconds, and this is more like 30 minutes, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so a little bit longer. And I'm not going to yell at you for 30 minutes either. Some of those uh, speeches are, are yelling at you. So it's not necessarily that. But I want us to know, and I want us to leave this place going, hey, God is with you. Be strong. Be courageous. What God has for you, he's going to be with you and help you to fulfill that, okay? And so, a little bit of a halftime speech here today. Um, When we look at the Bible, typically we look at them as uh, a bunch of stories that make up the Bible. And so you can kind of flip and, okay, here's the story of Moses, and here's the story of David, and here's the story of uh, Jeremiah, and then the disciples, or whatever it is. Um, and, and that's fine to a degree because that helps us get our mind wrapped around what we're going to talk about. Okay, this is what we're discussing or this is what I'm reading. We're looking at uh, uh, this person in the Bible. But really and truly, uh, the Bible is one story. And not really, really even just the Bible, all of humanity, all of life, all of creation is really one story. And typically we look at um, even our life as a story where we're kind of the main character and then God sometimes make a cameo to like help us out with something and then he goes away for a little while and then we kind of live life and then when we need him again he makes another cameo and helps us out whatever it is Uh, maybe we read the book like that or we look at our life like that a little bit but really and truly it's not a bunch of little stories where we're the main characters there's one story and there's one main character who is God okay Um, God is the character of the whole thing, okay? And really, we make cameos in his story, okay? So from time to time, there's someone else that pops up, and and, uh, we're telling God's story, and then here's what he has Noah to do, or here's what he has Abraham to do, or Daniel to do, or Paul to do. Um, And so they are kind of what is it, the, the, not the main characters, but, but the supporting characters, the supporting role in this story. And we play those parts. We play those roles. And sometimes uh, we have bigger parts, sometimes they're smaller parts, but they're roles that we play in God's story. And we sometimes have it backwards. It's God's story, we make the cameos, and we are a part then of, of God's story. So sometimes we'll ask ourselves the question, what is uh, what is the purpose for my life? Have you ever said that, had that question or something like that before? What is, what is the purpose for my life? I think it's a typical question that at some point uh, we, we ask that. Um, however, that can be a selfish question or at the very least will lead us to selfish conclusions. Okay? So when we say, what's, what's the purpose of my life, then we'll start getting into things that I want to do and that I want this and I want that. So they can at, at least lead to selfish conclusions. And so, oh, you got, 
You jumped the gun on me. That's okay. A better question to ask is probably, what is my role in God's story? Okay? So as opposed to, what's the, what is the purpose, what's the purpose for my life? How about, what if we ask the question, what is my role in God's story? That reminds us who the story is about. It reminds us who is in charge. Um, and then what role do I play? And sometimes I'm going to play a different role than somebody else. And that's okay too. Um, but what role do I play? So we look at the story of Joshua. And Joshua has a role to play in God's story. And this isn't the story of Joshua. Is that what I just said? This isn't the story of Joshua. This is the story of God. And then now here's Joshua's turn to play. Here's Joshua's turn to step onto the scene and do what God want, wants him to do. And as I look through the, the story that, that Joshua is in, it's incredible the things that he was able to do. So he was there from the beginning. So when, when the Red Sea was parted and they walked through, Joshua was one of those guys that walked through. He was a younger guy, but he was one of those guys that walked through. He was there with Moses from that point moving on. He was Moses' assistant uh, he was the only one that went up on Mount Sinai with him to get the Ten Commandments. So when Moses goes up, and Moses actually walked into the presence of God, but Joshua was sitting right outside. He was the only one bold enough uh, to be Moses' aide to walk up there with him. He was the leader of the Israelite army. We see that in Exodus 17. Do you remember the story of the 12 spies that went in to, to survey the land in Canaan? And can we take them? Ten spies come back and say, there's no way we can do this. Those people are so big, and so they were focused on the problem. They were focused on the battle that was going to be in front of them. So 10 of the 12 said, we can't do it. And then there were two that said, what are you guys talking about? Of course we can do this. God's on our side. Well, one was Caleb, and the other was Joshua. That's right. So Joshua was one of the two guys. So that was his role to play at that point. Exodus 33 says that he spent long hours of prayer. Uh, Joshua was a man of faith, vision, courage, loyalty, obedience, prayer, and dedication to God. In fact, in Numbers 27, before he takes command, he is described as a man in whom is the Spirit. A man in whom is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't just like show up in Acts 2, okay? He's, he's been here the whole time. Um, and so... People were able to look at Joshua and go, there's something different about Joshua. Uh, like the Spirit of the Lord is with him or something. Something's going on here. Joshua means the Lord saves or salvation of the Lord. So Joshua is a prophetic representative of Jesus Christ and that he led his people to the promised land and victory over his enemies. So Joshua points to Jesus and what he's going to do. And you can see Jesus in the Old Testament all throughout the Old Testament. That, that's another sermon series we could do. Finding Jesus in the Old Testament. Spoiler alert, he's everywhere. But to, to, to look at it is just incredible. So you can look at Joshua as kind of a rep representation of what Jesus is going to do. So looking at Joshua, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. The role that God has for him to play in his story. And we can look at this and see principles of what God wants us to live in our story so let's look at it. Joshua chapter 1, if you're there, starting in verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, 
across the Jordan River into the land I am, I am giving them. When I was a youth pastor, I would preach it, you know, no matter how big you are, you can be Moses and you get two verses at the end of your life. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Okay? He's dead. Move on. Next. <laughs> okay? Um, he had more than two verses. He had like the whole end of Deuteronomy. But anyway, it's just, it's just funny when you just read that. Moses is dead. Moving on. Joshua, you're up. And that's how it is because, again, it's not Moses' story. It's God's story. It's God's story. God's still front and center. And even though Moses has exited stage left. Wait, stage left? Which one's stage left? Stage left? Is that what it is? I don't know. Okay. Moses has exited. Joshua comes in, and now it's Joshua's role to play. Joshua comes in. Um, So though Moses is dead, God's purpose is still quite alive. Though Moses is dead, um, God's purpose is still alive. He wants to take his people into his land, into his promised land. This is a fresh word of encouragement. It is not about what we are doing. It is God's story, and he is inviting us to play a part in that story. Now, that can be daunting sometimes for some of us. Let's step out of Joshua for a second and look at us. That can be daunting, you know, to be a part of God's story because sometimes we can get this feeling of, well, I don't, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess up God's stuff. Have you felt that? You're like, I, I know that God can do great things, um, but I'm me. I can't do great things. And so we, we, we kind of sometimes will have this feeling, like, oh, I don't want to mess up God's stuff. And that's one of the things uh, Becky talked about. I think she talked about it the last time she preached here too. But she talked about this before. Uh, where she was praying one time and she said that phrase, God, I don't want to mess up your stuff. You know, uh, I'm looking at me and I'm looking at you and I know you can do it. And the response that God told her was great. He says, baby girl, you're not big enough to mess up my stuff. <laughs> Which I think is just so great. So like, we, we're not going to mess up God's stuff, okay? God invites you to play a part. He wants you to play a role. And so it's up to us to answer that role. So Joshua, did he feel this. Joshua was probably, he had times when he felt weak, inadequate, frightened. Perhaps he considered resigning before the conquest even began. Think about it. He was following Moses. You never want to follow a great leader. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that followed a great leader. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to be the other guy, okay? Let that guy mess up. No, Moses, he's Moses. So could Joshua have been thinking, you want me I'm following Moses? That guy parted the Red Sea. Am I supposed to part the Pacific Ocean? Like, what, what about it? How do I follow what Moses did? And have you ever felt inadequate up against someone else's gifts, talents, and the things that they did? Joshua looked at Moses and he says, Man, Moses parted the Red Sea. But see, that's the lie that we get fed. Moses did not part the Red Sea right? We get these lies in our head, okay? You know, what, you know what Moses actually did? Moses held a staff out over the water. That's what Moses did. Who parted the Red Sea? God parted the Red Sea. So don't get these things in your head. Well, that guy did this. That guy, God did those things. He used those people to do his purpose. Don't listen to those lies. Those are lies, God knew all about his feelings of personal weakness, fear, and this is what he says to Joshua, verse 3. I promise you what I promised Moses. 
Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. So as you start walking, that's the land that I've given you, okay? The promise that I made to Moses, I'm making to you. Why? Because we're not in Moses' story, we're in God's story. Just because Moses left doesn't mean the purpose, doesn't mean the goal, doesn't mean what God is doing stops. God doesn't say, oh boy, one of my servants has left, now what am I supposed to do? It's still his story. He knows what he's doing. So he tells Joshua, what I promised Moses, I'm promising you, wherever you set your foot, now get out there and start walking, because wherever you walk, that's my land. And and that's part of it too. It's his land. He created it. God's the one that created the land. Uh, And so he's he's taken back what is rightfully his, okay? Verse 5, no one, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you. As I was with Moses, I will not fail you or abandon you. We need to keep count of how many times we hear, uh, I will be with you. I will be with you. No one will be able to stand against you. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not battles ahead. Okay? That doesn't mean that there's not battles ahead. There's going to be battles ahead. Joshua definitely had some battles. He's going into a land and saying, hey, this is the Lord, you're supposed to give it to me, and they're supposed to be like, come on in. No, that's not what they're going to do. They're going to say, no, this is my land, and there's going to be some conflict there, okay? So it's not to say that God removes all conflict from your life. What he has promised is that he's going to be with you every step of the way. God is going to be with you every step of the way. Now, in this situation, for Joshua and in his role, No one is going to be able to stand against you as long as you live. Boy, that gives some confidence right there. Joshua's like, all right then, where are they at? Bring them on. He says, like, I'm going to win this thing? It's like already knowing the victory. I love watching old sports games because I know who wins, okay? And I don't bite my nails just as much. I know who's going to win. And he's telling Joshua, like, no one's going to be able to stand against you. So go out there and fight. Don't you fight with a whole lot, like a freer, like you know you're going to win? No one's going to be able to stand against you. Why? Because I am going to be with you. I will not fail you, and I will not abandon you. There's not going to be anything that's going to come against you where God says, i got to get out of here. He ain't scared. <laughs> He ain't scared. Now, we're scared. We look at things that's going on here in America. We're looking at the culture shifting. We're looking at this and that. And we can become scared. How am I supposed to even talk to people? God has not left. God has not left. His presence is with us. His presence is with us as the church. Now, you can make some argument that he's taking his hand of blessing off America in some places. But as far as with us, the, with the Christians, the people who are living, he is absolutely walking with us. Leading us, guiding us. Verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. We need to start counting what it, how many times he says be strong and courageous, okay? Because he's already said it in verse 6. Be strong and courageous. I'm with you. I'm with you, he says. Be strong and courageous. He says, for you are the one. You want to talk about how great Moses was? Moses didn't lead him into the promised land, but you are. 
I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to use you, Joshua. You are going to lead these people into the land I swore to give their ancestors. My because it's my land anyway. Be strong. Be courageous. You're going to do this. Verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. It's the second time there. Be strong. Be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them, turning either to the left or I'm sorry, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. So first of all, be strong and courageous. Okay? So if we're, if we're doing our coach in the halftime speech, at some point he's going to clap like, you can do this, you can do this. And then he's going to come over here and say, now here's how you're going to do it. And we draw up X's and O's. That's what that's called. Okay? So this is how we're going to do this. This is the game plan that we're going to do. So on some level, he's like, he's an encourager. You can do it, you can do it. And then here's how you're going to do it. This is how you do this. You be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you, the word of God. Do not deviate them, turning either to the right or to the left. So the word of God at that point, I mean, obviously the Bible has not been written. We're, we're just a Joshua, okay, sixth book, okay? So we're just looking at the Torah. We're looking at the law. But again, Jesus is all in the Torah, okay? So it's pointing ahead, okay, the Son of God. But he has it set up. This is how you can be close to the Lord. He set up the sacrifices and all these things. But he says, these are the commands of the Lord. And if you follow these commands, your relationship with me is going to be right. Okay? Your relationship with your creator is going to be right. You don't look to the right or to the left. I wonder what they're doing. What, are, what, 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 what do these people believe? What are, how do these people think you become successful? Well, what do these people do over here? We don't look to human ideas, traditions, or other religions. What do you do, Joshua? You look at the Word of God, and if you stay close to the Word of God, and you do not deviate to the right or the left, then you will be successful in everything you do. But are not supposed to stay close to the Word of God? Yeah, but what happens if stay close to the Word of God? The closer we stay to the Lord and God's going to be with us, it doesn't matter who is coming against you, right? No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. If God be for you, who could be against you? If we stay close to the Word of God, look back in your life, times that you have done some, a little bit of failing, okay? That you have kind of wandered and you've been away and then you've not been making great decisions. How was your Bible reading time? How was your prayer time? Simple things. Have you turned to the left or to the right and you noticed how unsuccessful you are starting to become? Be careful to obey the instructions uh, that, God, that Moses gave you. You will be successful. And then he kind of doubles down here in verse 8. I love this. Verse 8, by the way, powerful verse. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. What a powerful verse that is. Now, it says study the book. There's a difference in reading and studying, isn't there? We read the book. That's great. 
but also we're going to study the book. We're not just reading it to, okay, I did my two chapters today. It's that, like that's fine to read the Bible, but then we're, sometimes let's study. What is this trying to say? Can we cross-reference it with other books of the Bible? What does this author say about this? Let's study the book. We read the book. We study the book. Then there's that word meditate. We talked about this two weeks ago. There's, then we meditate on the word of God. Then we can learn the word of God. We memorize it. So we're reading. We're studying. We meditate on it. We memorize it. We get this book of instruction in our hearts. He's given us the game plan. Day and night, so that we can do everything in it. And only then will you prosper and be successful in all that you do. Well, prosperous and successful according to who? Maybe the worst, one of the worst things we can do is be successful at the wrong thing. Like, I would, much rather, I would much rather be unsuccessful at the right thing as opposed to being successful at the wrong thing. If I'm unsuccessful at the right thing, hey, I can give it, again, give it another go tomorrow, okay? I'm heading the right direction. I messed up today. I sinned, didn't do what was right, but I know I'm going in the right direction. Sometimes the worst thing that can happen to us is success because if we're success in the wrong things, then we're going to keep doing that keep doing that. We're going to be successful at this, successful at this, successful at this. I'm going to work my cameraman. Successful at this, successful at this, and you're going the wrong way, and you're deviating. Follow me, Davis. You're doing a great job. (laughs) Successful at this, successful at this, and then you wake up one morning, and you say, well, where's my relationship with my kids? Where's my relationship with God? Where's my... You've been successful at the wrong thing, and now you've been... You've deviated, and now where's the success at? I want to be successful in how God defines success. And how God defines success is faithful. You stay faithful to the word of God. At the end of your life, you're not going to hear, Well done, successful servant. Well done, you made a bunch of money, my man. I saw those jet skis. Well done. Come on in. That's not what he's going to say. Okay? What does he say? Well done, my good and faithful servant. You stay faithful to the word of God. I understand that your friends are walking this direction and walking this direction. I understand that the current culture says that this is okay, this is okay. It is so dangerous to be successful at what your friends or culture or man says to do. But when we, when we remain faithful to the word of God, not the biggest church or the biggest amount of money or the biggest, whatever, whatever, whatever. Remember, we're faithful to the role that God has for you. He didn't have the role for Joshua to defeat the Goliath one day or to start the church like he told the apostles or to whatever, whatever, this is the role I have for you right now, Joshua. Go into the promised land. You stay close to the word of God. You remain faithful to me in the word of God, and you will be successful in all that you do. Time is littered with people 
who chose to be successful in other areas. And they were for a little while. But when they met their God, they were not faithful to him. Be strong and courageous. Make God's word your guiding authority. Study and meditate on it and respond to God's presence. He's over us the whole time. It's his story, so he's not leaving us. It's his story. Remember the Israelites? He led them by a a cloud by day and a fire by night. That was to direct us and to show us which way to go, so we're staying close to him. But it was also to remind the Israelites, I'm here. I'm right here. I'm above you. I know which way to go. Follow me. Go in this direction. All right? Maybe your purpose is, to not, is not to find out what your purpose is. <laughs> but your purpose is to follow God and wherever he leads you. We're going to be in different, here's the church word, seasons in our life, okay? Different seasons in our life. And so you're here today. Let's get a little practical here. Um, so maybe you're... you're on the older side of life, we'll say. The older side of the seasoned saints, I like to say, okay? So you're looking back and you go, okay, my, my purpose, okay, was when I did this for 30 years. That was kind of like my win here on earth or whatever. And so now what? Well, if you're not in heaven, then God's not through with you. So there's a role that you have to play. So we're not chasing after purpose. We're chasing after role. So when we have this role, what is my role right now? Maybe your role right now is to be a wonderful example to the younger people who are growing up. This is how you worship. This is how you lead. This is how you uh, give. This is whatever it is. You find the role that you are in. For those of you who are on the younger side of it, you're like, hey, I wear shades at night because my future's bright. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're just like looking ahead and you, you got all this stuff ahead of you. Okay. And so you say, my purpose is coming. My purpose is coming. Well, that doesn't mean you do nothing right now, okay? Your role right now is to stay close to the Word of God, learn the Word of God, read the Word of God. I didn't know that story was in the Bible. I didn't know that principle was in the Bible. While you're young now, you're learning that right now. That's your role. And then to learn from people who who have gone on before us, look at our mistakes. I'm going to put me on the older crowd. Look at our mistakes. Don't do those, okay? And do what you're supposed to do. So wherever you are, there's a role that you can play. When you look at the breadth of your life, then you'll see that what that purpose was when you're looking at it from a role perspective. God says, uh, you'll be, if you are faithful in a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Remember he said that? So sometimes your role is, is, is to learn, to teach yourself that you're going to be faithful to the things of God. And so you do these things, you're faithful to what God gives you in, in the small things. Well, all I am is this. Okay, then do that. Be faithful in that. And then God makes you in charge of bigger things. You see what I'm saying? So like where you're at right now doesn't have to be forever. It's just where you're at right now. Where you're at right now. And you can only do what you can do. It's not anybody else. And what he says, what he says to Joshua, stay close to the word of God. That's the game plan. Stay close to the word of God. Let God change you with his spirit. You are growing in the Lord to do what God wants you to do. And there is a role right now. I'll give you some advice 
that I give my daughter Olivia. My, she's at, at college right now. When uh, you go to college, one of the questions that is at least on your radar is who am I going to marry, right? And hopefully it's not like soon, soon, but you know, at some point, okay? At some point it's going to happen. It's like, it's on your radar though, you know, especially when, when you go to Southwestern, you know, people go there to get your MRS degree. Um, <coughs> she's not doing that, hallelujah. Um, but she's calling the ministry, she's doing it. Okay, now, this is the advice that I have given her, and it's the advice that I would give any person her, her age, young person like this. If you're looking at who God has for you to marry, we have the tendency to kind of walk around and go, is it him? Is it him? You know? Um, <laughs> we sometimes have that tendency, you know? Um, so figure out what you want. So the big thing that you want, you, you, you want a man of God who is going to be a good husband, going to be a good father. If you're called in the ministry, then call in the ministry, okay? So that's what you want. If that's what you want and you can't make that happen, okay, then what you do is you become the kind of woman that that kind of guy would want. You see what I'm saying? So you want a good, fa- a good father, a good husband, a good man of God who loves the Lord with all their heart, uh, then you need to be the kind of woman that that kind of guy would want to marry. Okay? And hopefully they're doing the same thing. They're growing in the Lord. They're trying to become the kind of husband that a kind of girl like you would want to marry. And so instead of, is it him, is it him? You're working on yourself. You're growing in the Lord. You're staying close to the word of God. You're keeping this here. You're putting it in your heart. And as, you're, as you are growing up, you are becoming who God wants you to be. And then you look up and there's a highlighted path for you right there. And it's right there. Whether it's at Southwestern or somewhere else. But principally speaking, you become who God is making you to be. And he's going to put in front of you who he wants in front of you. So we come to our verse. This is my command. Joshua, be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. Okay? No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of culture. Don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid of people coming up against you. Okay? Do not be discouraged. I know you're not as, as highly touted as Moses or whoever else, okay? Don't be discouraged, okay? It's not about the press, okay? Do not be discouraged, but be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's what he tells Joshua. And he's able to step out and he's able to take the land, take that promised land because he was strong, he was courageous, he wasn't afraid, he wasn't discouraged, Because he knew that God was walking with him. Now, principally speaking, we know that God is walking with us as well. I wanted to go through uh, just a couple of scriptures and show uh, other people that God had says, I'm with you in the Bible. And there was too many because he told everybody I was with you. Okay? I was thinking there was going to be a handful. Nope. He pretty much told everybody. Okay? He told Abraham and he told Joseph and he told Isaiah. He told Hagar. Okay? He told everybody. I'm with you. Like, you stay close to me, I'm going to be with you. So it would be too many extra verses to add to this sermon, okay? Just assume, everybody. And so he's telling you 
as well. And here's how I know that he's telling you. Okay? So he tells Joshua, stay, okay? What did I command? The word of God. I'm going to be with you. Okay? We fast forward a couple thousand years, and we've got Jesus, and he's talking to his disciples. And it's the last thing that Jesus says. We know it is the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. Okay? Right? He said, he said all, authority in the, uh, all, authority, all authority has been given to, to you, to me, to you. Go out, uh, baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? And then he says in verse 20, Matthew 28, 20, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I've heard that somewhere before. Where have I heard, obey the commands I've given you, and I'm going to be with you to the end of the age? That's what he told Joshua. That's, what he, that's exactly what he told Joshua. If you stay close to the word of God, you stay close to me, okay? Teach the disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. When God gives a command, it's accompanied by a promise, okay? And so God is telling you, God told Joshua, he told Joshua, principally speaking, he can, he can tell you, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, for I am with you. And that's the promise. Here's the command, and here's the promise. I'm going to be with you. Church, you can do this. You can do the role that God has laid out for you. Wherever you are in life, whatever age you are, wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, you can do this. I'm your coach right now. You can do it. You've got this, okay? And also, here's how you do it. Stay close to Jesus. Can we stand this morning? We're going we're gonna to find a place to pray. I, like I, I told you from the beginning, we're going to pray. We're praying this, this month, these 10 weeks, every day for the rest of our life. We're going to pray, okay? We're going to pray. Where are you at in this? Where are you at where you say, i, I got to find my role in this, okay? I've not been strong. I've not been courageous. I've been afraid. I've been discouraged. Where am I at? We need to find a place to pray. And I want you to know something. God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. Some of you are at the age where you're, you're raising young kids. God is with you. Okay? You learn the words so that you can teach those little ones. Right now, that's the role that you have. That's those little ones. Some of you, you, you empty nest or whatever, and they're just out. Hey, your kids left you, but God's with you, okay? God, God is with you. Be strong. Be courageous. Can we find a place to pray? Say, God, I'm looking, I'm looking for my role. What do you have for me today? I'm not talking about 10 years ago. Remember when I did this? That's great, fantastic. Maybe he's got something 10 years down the road for you. That's great, that's fantastic. I'm talking about today, this week, this month, this year. What, what is my role right now? Can we find a place to pray? Ready, go. Find a place to pray. Some of you may need to come forward. You can, you can pray standing up or at your seat. That's fine. But some of you, it's, it's what is my role in your story. This is not my story. It's your story. Some of it's what is my role. Some of it is I know what my role is. I'm just not strong and courageous in it. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm, I'm discouraged. Can't somebody else do this better than me? Surely. 
Maybe you know your role, you're just not, you just don't know if you're able to do it. That's my prayer for you today. God, let us know that you are with us for us to be strong and courageous. That you are with us. Help us to stay close to your word. To stay close to you and to your word. Hide your word in our hearts so we might not sin against you. Lord, help us. Help us to be strong. Church, let's spend some time and let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would be with us. You promised, Lord, that you would be with us everywhere we go. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your story, the role, the, the, the place that Joshua played in that. We thank you that we can look at, at uh, stories like this in the Bible, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. And Lord, it's our turn. It's our turn to step up and do what you have called us to do. And I pray that we would be strong, that we would be courageous, that we would not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord our God is with us everywhere we go. And I love you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Everybody put your hands in. Okay? God is with me on three. Ready? One, two, three. God is with me. All right.